Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. Uh, I'm Matt LaMarca filling in for Matt Friedman today, but don't worry, Friedman's still going to be a very big part of this show between his projections and all of his stuff that he has in the bet tracker right now. Uh, You're not going to escape, you know, 30 plus prop bets from Matt Friedman this week. Uh, Joining me today to help break down our favorite, our 10 favorite player props on the board is Jeff Ulrich, aka the Fantasy Grind. Jeff, how's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, you know, ready to dive into week four. Love the the prop podcast here. We, we we've been hitting pretty good on this on this this show. I'm not gonna lie. Like we've been pretty pretty good. Our top plays have been doing well. So uh, happy to dive into it and try and give out five more winners here. But um, yeah, I mean, b- a super interesting start to the year. I'm I'm just excited for week four, quite frankly. So yeah, interestingly enough, um, I feel like it's a pretty good time for me to join the show. Uh, I'm 12 and three on props in the bet tracker this year so far. So I've been uh, I've been scorching on props, which is not something I would normally consider to be like a strength of mine. But uh, I'm feeling ready to go. You know, I got my research good for this week and I've got uh, my five to contribute along with your five. Uh, A few reminders before we get started. You can find all of the props that we're going to talk about, as well as many more bets in our 100% free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker. We also have our free-to-join Discord. You'll find some bets in there, as well as, you know, our sort of sports betting and fantasy community that we're building, a really cool place to just hang out. Uh, Friedman's personal projections are live in the projections tool, uh, as well as the just general staff projections. And our prop tool allows you to compare those projections to the various different lines across the sports betting market. So it's a great opportunity to sort of find some value with what we're expecting versus what the sports books are posting. So uh, lines do move. We update our projections pretty often. So just in case there's a difference between what you see now versus what we're talking about, uh, you can always pop over to that tool to see if we're still necessarily seeing value with the current number. So with that out of the way, Jeff, let's start with your number five prop of the week. Yeah. So my, uh, my first prop I'm going to talk about here is actually a guy we talked about last week. It's going to be Mac Jones. And I'm going to go basically the same bet that we did last week. I think Friedman brought this one up, but it's over 32.5 pass attempts. Um, now look, this one didn't hit last week, but I mean, there was circumstances, there was poor weather. It was also just a different opponent. Yeah. I think the, 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 main the Jets, team, I think are the only circumstance you really need to say Zach Wilson. Yeah. They were playing Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, anyways, the thesis around this. And again, this was, this was Friedman brought this up, but I mean, I, I'm fully behind it is that the Patriots offense under Bill O'Brien is just, it's a completely different animal. Um, when they get down, when they've been down in two games, when they've played opponents that are good, as you alluded to, um, they've averaged 48 pass attempts. Mac Jones has, has averaged 275 passing yards in those games. And I'm talking about the games against the Eagles and um, the game um, against uh, the uh, uh, the Dolphins. Uh, again, two winning teams, two teams that they were underdogs against. We have a very similar scenario this week. They're on the road. They're in a dome. There's no weather concerns. They're playing the Cowboys. They're touchdown underdogs. I think that this game is going to play out very similar to the first two for the Patriots. 
Um, you know, the Patriots haven't been terrible. They they stayed within a touchdown against the Dolphins. They stayed within a touchdown against the Eagles. And I think part and parcel of that is that, you know, if they can just keep Mac Jones upright, they're going to throw the ball a lot and they're going to have to because I think Dallas is a good team. So, again, we have this projected. I think Friedman had this projected at over 34. I'm not sure what it is on site. But, again, I, I know that Mac Jones' projection on our site is is over 220 passing yards. And I think you could look to take an over on his yards, but I like the attempts. And I also think that if you have a book that has an alternate line on Mac Jones' pass attempts, I know Bet365 has these. You should look to take them like 40, 45 pass attempts. I think you're going to get multiple games with Mac Jones this year where he he throws again for 40. I know he's already done it twice, but I think he's going to do it a lot. Um, so I like this one over 32.5 pass attempts. Um, still pretty widely available. Um, I think I had it down as bad MGM last night, but uh, that's one that's widely available, I, I believe, still. Um, good odds. And uh, like I said, fits in with our projections as well. Yeah, and if you look at uh, the drop back rate for the Patriots, right? 74% in week one, yep. 66% in week two, and then last week only 43%. So clear outlier in my eyes, right? I mean, it's 23% lower than what they had done the previous week, and that's simply due to the fact that they didn't really need to throw. They needed to just limit the mistakes that they made against the Jets' defense, and they were going to win that game. That's not going to be the case against Dallas, right? They're going to have to try and score some points to keep up. Uh, and the Patriots' best chance to move the ball right now is through the air, right? Ramondre Stevenson has not looked good. Ezekiel Elliott has surprisingly looked okay, but he's still Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, you're, you don't necessarily want to give him uh, 20 carries a game at this point. So I, I think that's a, a good shout, and I kind of like the idea of laddering up on some of the you know, the alternate numbers, um, especially since I have, have a bet locked in on the Cowboys to win the game. So yeah. that kind of jives with with my my thoughts on that on that uh, contest. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep it pretty simple for my number five prop. Uh, I'm taking Josh Allen over half an interception. Um, this is available at minus one twenty five on bet MGM. Josh Allen's a great quarterback, uh, particularly a great fantasy quarterback, right? He can pile up the statistics with his arm, with his legs, but he is also a turnover machine. Uh, he has at least one interception in two of three games this season and 11 of 18 games last year, including the playoffs. Uh, we have him projected for 1.2 interceptions within our you know, in-house projections at Fantasy Life. So I think getting an over on, on 0 0.5 when we have him projected for 1.2, that's like a massive, <laughs> massive edge. Um, whenever you're talking about numbers this small, it, there's going to be a lot of variance, right? Because the difference between 0 and 1 is just 1. <laughs> but, one play, literally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. there are going to be weeks, obviously, where he doesn't throw a pick, but uh, the numbers suggest that he's going to throw one a lot more often than he's going to throw zero. And so getting this at minus 125 feels like a, a solid value. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue with Josh Allen interceptions at this point. He is, unfortunately, a pretty turnover quarter, uh, quarterback. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I think the Dolphins secondary is, is still okay as well. We've got, you know, Xavier Howard, pretty good corner at least uh to rely on i mean i it's just it's just really just a bet against josh allen taking care of the ball which uh, i don't hate as well and I, I think the other thing i there should be a lot of passing in this game i mean right 
So really, like, we're, I think worrying about pass attempts, like, I mean, with the Dolphins on the other side, Allen should be throwing the ball a lot. So that one certainly uh, makes sense to me. Yeah, and it's it's just kind of the way that the Bills offense operates, right? Like, last year, I think that they were either first or second in percentage of drives that ended in a touchdown, and right. they were first or second in drives that ended with a turnover. Like, they're not a team that punts, really. They're either going to score or they're going to turn it over. Yeah. Um. So I, I just think that, yeah, over 0.5 interceptions, minus 125, solid value. All right, uh, Jeff, you're number four. You're going back to uh, an old friend of mine here, somebody that I took the under on in week one. Oh, right. Who yeah. uh, just absolutely torched me. So tell me about Mr. Logan Thomas this week. Yeah, so I switched this one out last minute. I was doing some research this morning. I initially had Russell Wilson over 11.5 rushing yards here, if you want to tail that too. I still don't like, I still don't mind that bet, but I went with Logan Thomas over 2.5 receptions. It's at plus 100 on bet MGM still. And as Matt mentioned, um, you know, Logan Thomas came in, he was banged up week one, and he promptly got a 25% target share in week one, had like nine targets, went like over his props in like the first minute of the game, basically. Um, and you know what, like he's coming in off a concussion, but he's been practicing in full this week. I've just been watching this situation a little bit, um, you know, just for DFS and Sam Howell was like, the first thing they asked him last week was like, well, like, what are you excited about? He's like, Logan Thomas is coming back. And it's like, okay. Like, I I think at this point fighting against Logan Thomas is just like a losing battle. Ron Riviera really likes him. Whoever the OC is and, or, or, you know, Eric Bieniemy clearly, um, uh, you know, doesn't mind him using him that much in week one and Sam Howell likes him. And I mean, like he's a low a dot receiver, which is why we're going receptions here and not yards. Um, but you know, I, again, I just see this as he's going to come in and, and just take the, the, the snaps again and, and take the, the routes he played. Uh, he, he, um, sorry, had like a 80% like route participation, participation rate in week one. And, uh, you know, part of this is also the matchup with the Eagles Eagles, Against the tight end this year have been a thing. Um, I know Kate Otten didn't really do anything last week, but I think that was more Baker Mayfield than anything. And again, this is a different type of receiver than Kate Otten. Like Logan Thomas isn't running 20 yards down the middle. He's just running like six yard outs. So again, plus money on this one feels really good. Um, I think that the injury stuff is probably keeping his numbers down a bit, but I, I fully expect Logan. I, I mean, I think at worst here, what we're going to get is Logan Thomas, like seeing a 60% snap share and potentially sharing a little bit of targets. But even in that scenario, he feels like he'll probably have a great shot of going over. So there's just not a lot to hate here. I like this one, especially just mainly because of the odds that we're getting. So, Yeah, and and you mentioned the matchup. Like, the Eagles against tight ends is not a new thing, right? Their cornerbacks are so good that teams often just avoid throwing against them, and and they load up on passes to the tight end. They're a little bit more exploitable in that department. So I don't even think the Eagles are necessarily like bad at covering tight ends. It's just a lot of volume to that to that position yeah. because yeah. their cornerbacks sort of funnel it all there. Uh, I'm also going with a receptions over for my number four pick. Uh, but I like this one a lot. Cortland Sutton over four and a half receptions plus 130 on yeah. DraftKings. Um Sutton's numbers this year are are really, really quite good. 
he has operated as the clear number one guy there. It hasn't been Jerry Judy, which I think a lot of people sort of expected before the start of the season. I know Jerry Judy was a very popular like fantasy sleeper pick. Uh, and he has been dealing with an injury, but he's been back in the lineup the past two weeks, and Sutton has been the clear guy ahead of Judy. So he's got a 24% target share for the year. And as I mentioned, his numbers are actually up with Judy back in the lineup. His worst game came back in week one when he was sort of the the lone guy to to worry about at receiver. The matchup against the Bears is obviously fantastic. The Bears defense has just been shredded by everybody this season. They're 31st in EPA per play, 31st in EPA per dropback. Uh, Sutton has at least five catches in back-to-back games, including 11 targets and eight grabs last week versus the Dolphins. You know, that, that game script got way out of control for Denver. I don't think they're going to need to throw it quite as much against the Bears, but four and a half seems like a very attainable number. We haven't projected for five catches. So getting this at plus 130, you know, like well better than even money. Uh, I think that this is a, a, a good over to lock in. Have you seen the injury report for the Bears? Oh, I looked no. at it this morning. They is may actually be down four starters in the secondary. Like both, say Kyler Gordon's out. Both corners are, are haven't practiced, and their starting safety hasn't practiced. Like Cortland Sutton could go over this on like the in the first half, and again at plus one thirty, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Russ is playing better, and I think the other side of this, like in a normal, if this was a normal team, like not the Broncos, you would worry. You'd be like, oh well, they're not going to have to throw the ball. But the Broncos' defense is so horrific, even worse. Yeah, they're, they're even worse. You have to throw the ball. I, I really like this one too. I, I, I was again doing some DFS research this week, uh, this morning. And like, I, I was like, wow, Sutton's only like this much. Uh, and, and it just, then it occurred to me, like, he's probably a good prop bet. And then I saw your prop. So yeah, I mean, um, I would jump on this one. I think this number will go down like the plus one thirty by the time we get the cut kickoff. Uh, I'll probably be tailing you on this. So even just like, again, you don't have to go big units if you want, but I mean, Sutton may be a guy you, you ladder up to like seven receptions too. And I actually like going over on his receptions as opposed to yards because he's not really what you call an explosive receiver. So, right, um, yeah, that that's a good shout out. Um, the 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 target share again. Everyone is expecting Judy, but it it has definitely been Sutton um, taking the the command there, which is uh, you know a bit of a shock, but it's happening. So, yeah, and I do think Marvin Mims is going to continue to sort of work his way into that rotation. You know, he's been so yeah. dynamic with the ball in his hands. But the snaps just haven't really been there through three weeks. Uh, And again, I anticipate a bit of growth with him. But, you know, it's hard to envision him becoming like all of a sudden an every down type of player. I I think Mims is probably affects Judy more than than Sutton. Sutton's their possession guy. He's that's not going to change with Mims. Mims may get a few more deep shots. But like, yeah, I'm not that's not even something I'd worry about because, I mean, I worry about it if I have Jerry Judy or something. But that's about it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to your number three prop. And this one's actually going to correlate with one of my props, which we'll talk about later. But uh, you're going back to uh, to the Meadowlands, Sunday Night Football, yeah. the game that everyone is talking about this week. Of course, not for football reasons, but you're, yeah. you're talking about the Chiefs here. Uh, tell me why you are on the Patrick Mahomes under. 
Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. This was at 280 and a half. Um, I think yesterday, even when I locked it in, it it, may, it has moved down. I think I'll be dead honest. I, I would probably play this down to like 274 ish. Um, we we mentioned it off the top. They're playing the Jets. Um, we just saw a massive a, a team that has was throwing the ball at like you know top five rate drop back percentage. Um, you know passing attempts, and they just completely cratered in all those usage marks in week three. And that was the Patriots, you know, back Jones barely throwing for over 200 yards. Um, and it's cause they're playing the jets. But playing the jets at this point is going to result in two things. The jets are going to be trying to run the ball as much as possible. So they don't have to throw the ball. And the, the team on the other side of the ball is just going to be trying to bleed the clock out and, you know, not make a ton of stupid errors. Um, to, so that like Zach Wilson can just kill them. So, I mean, I, I think that again, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Like we could get some, some crazy late game stuff and, and maybe he just like, you know, Andy Reid dials up some weird third down play and he gets us to like 280 or 290. But man, it, it seems hard to envision Mahomes going for like 300 yards. And like, let's not forget. I mean, this is still the strength of the Jets defense. They, they don't allow a ton of, of 280, 290, 300 yard passers. I think going back to last year, um, I don't think anybody went over this projection against the Jets. So again, something to remember there as well, but I really see this as the, the chiefs are going to use Pacheco a lot. Um, certainly the Patriots had success running the ball last week. You know, we saw even C, uh, CEH Clyde Edwards, Alaire getting involved. I think this will probably be a run heavy script for the chiefs. Sure. There might be like a couple targets to Kelsey in the end zone to get everybody, you know, uh, hyped about Taylor Swift, but, um, I don't think that's really necessarily going to take Patrick Mahomes over here. So like I said, I really liked it at 280. It's dropped. I think that 275 is probably a good cutoff if you can get it 274. But I mean, I think this has a various ways of going under. So even at like a, a worse number, I mean, I think Mahomes could end up with like 250 less and, and just an easy Chiefs win. So yeah, going under on, on Mahomes' passing prop this week. Yeah, I think the matchup is obviously like the key here. Um, you mentioned the Jets their their goal is just going to be to make this as slow and ugly of a game as possible or as fast and ugly of a game you know fast in terms yeah. of keeping the clock Starting running the yeah exactly yeah. you know they know that if they get try and outscore the chiefs they're not going to win so they need to really make this into a rock fight um so yeah this this could be gross when the jets have the ball and uh the Chiefs just they they might be in a similar situation as last week where they only have to play their starters for roughly the first half of the game. Yeah. So that could happen too. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Um my number three prop, this one feels kind of like the grossest one that I have, but I'm taking Alexander Madison over 50 and a half rushing yards. Um there are some danger signs with Madison right now. I will fully acknowledge that. Cam Akers, he's a threat to eat into his workload. Uh, Kevin O'Connell kind of voiced some concerns about fumbles, and you know the Vikings have to do a better job of holding onto the ball, and the guys who fumble aren't necessarily going to play. And it feels like that was directed firmly at Madison, who has put the ball on the ground four times in the past two games. But... Madison is coming off of his most productive game of the season, 93 rushing yards, five catches, 32 receiving yards. He has at least 87% of the team's rushing attempts in back-to-back -back games. 
76% snap share for the year. Uh, the Panthers are also 31st in rushing EPA per play. And I think that this, from a game script perspective, is the best matchup that the Vikings have had all year, right? Like, the Vikings have been trailing for the vast majority of their three games this season. And for the first time, they are now favorites, and the number continues to rise in their favor, right? Like, they are up to minus four and a half on the road at some locations. This number opened at, like, minus one and a half. So um, this could be a spot where the Vikings finally just establish a lead. And in that instance, I expect Madison to see a lot of the work as long as he can hold on to the football. It does feel like he is one fumble away from ending up in the doghouse. So I I acknowledge that that's a real concern. But if he doesn't fumble, I think he has a great chance of going over 50 and a half rushing yards. Um, We have this projected for 54 and a half, roughly. Um, I think that that's honestly a little bit conservative as well. I, I think that in my head, this number is closer to 60, maybe even over 60. So I'm happy to take the over on Madison's rushing prop. I know it's a scary one, Jeff. I know you're probably not going to like this one, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, what Alex Madison always seems to weasel his way into this show somehow. I know Friedman liked <laughs> the under last week and he had like his his best day, of course, but also was just somehow, despite having his best day, he was also terrible somehow. Um, I, I have true Alexander Madison special. Yeah. I mean, I have another way to play this, which is going to come in, in a second, but I mean, yeah, th- you mentioned the projection being only 54 and I, I do agree with you. Like it does feel low. I just think there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns. Like we don't know. I mean, look, Cam Akers could get marched out on the first drive. That's probably not what's going to happen, but it could happen. Right. Um, I think the other thing that could happen is Madison just takes it. Like you said, and if he doesn't fumble, he gets near a full workload with Cam Akers getting mixed in a bit. So, um, yeah, like I do think this total is pretty low. Like I agree because it's a good matchup and the Vikings are favored. I think this probably comes down to whether he fumbles or not, like really. And that does make it a little scary. Like I'm not going to bet this, but at the same time, I do think it's a low enough total to like that. I see your, your point. I do have another way to play this situation though. And I kind of like mine better, not going to lie, just because it's less of it. It's, <laughs> It requires less of an investment, but, um, well, I mean, it depends how crazy you want to get, but anyways, that's my next props. Well, well, talk to me about it. Tell me okay. about your alternate yeah. to my Madison exposure. My, my alternate way to play this is to bet cam acres for an anytime touchdown. And when I'm, when I was looking at the numbers for this, I was pretty shocked. Like he was plus three ninety on DraftKings yesterday. Apparently he's up to plus. You can get him over plus 400 on FanDuel. I had, I had plus four forty nine. I mean, like these lines again, they could come down if we get any acres news like, Oh yeah, acres is going to split carries or something. So, you know, if you want to bet this, I would say like, do it quickly, but there's some really, really good numbers on a cam acres, anytime touchdown. And here's the thing with Madison definitely at his most productive game of the year last season, but he also somehow cost the Vikings the game because he was so terrible <laughs> at the goal line. Alex Madison inside the five yard line has four carries for minus four yards this year. Um, his fumbles against the Eagles cost them the game. Like there is so many opportunities here for acres to potentially take over. And I, and I, what I also think is going to happen is that regardless of what Madison does, like between the numbers, when they get in the red zone, I fully expect that the Vikings are going to bring cam acres in. 
I really do think that's what you're going to see because I just don't think they want to give Alex Madison those carries anymore. I think that's one of the reasons why they they liked Cam Akers because he's he was pretty efficient in that role for the the Rams last year. So we got a bad run defense, as Matt already alluded to. You've got a Vikings team that should have a ton of red zone opportunities. You've got a terrible starting running back uh, in the red zone with Madison. I think Akers is just this is just a great number just to take a little shot with. You don't have to get crazy, but. I really think you're going to see Akers get at least a couple carries inside the uh, the five yard line, uh, assuming we don't get like some cr- kind of crazy game flow. And again, I just think this number is too big. I really think that um, he should be down a bit because I think there's enough scenarios where Akers either takes over, or just gets the red zone touches that this should be closer to like plus 250 or something. So I uh, really like the number there on a Cam Akers anytime touchdown. Yeah. And this it looks like this is down to plus 380. Um, okay. That's yeah. the best number now on DraftKings. That still feels like a really good number. I think right? so. I, I think mean, anything over like 350 is like a really, really good number. Yeah. You're talking guys that are in the same ballpark as him. Uh, KJ Osborne, Hayden Hurst, Terrace yeah. Marshall Jr., Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. You know, give me a, a potential goal line running back all, over all of those guys for sure. You know, Alexander Madison is like plus 116 plus 115 um and i'm with you i think that there's at least a legitimate threat that acres takes the goal line work so i think that you know clearly the gap shouldn't be that large between those two players all right i'm sticking with the overs uh i know that if I'm really playing the Friedman role i'm supposed to just be giving like under after under after under but for some reason, the overs have worked for me this year, and I'm going to keep rolling with them. And I think that this over in particular stands out as a really strong bet. George Pickens over 56 and a half receiving yards. Um, it's time to just embrace George Pickens. I, I kind of was off on George Pickens this offseason. You know, I, I was off on the Steelers offense in general, but, you know, Pickens in particular, like, he doesn't separate very well. He's not a tremendous athlete. Uh, and it just doesn't matter because he catches everything. He's like a human fly trap, just grabbing footballs out of the sky with his massive mitts. And uh, since Deontay Johnson has gone down, Pickens has seen a, a nice bump in usage. He had 100% route participation in week three. He has at least a 24% target share in back-to-back weeks. 38% air yard share for the year. The The Texans have been, I would say, average defensively this season, which is probably better than what some people were expecting. Yeah. But the big weakness for them is their defensive line. You know, Will Anderson Jr. has had some moments as a rookie, but the rest of their pass rushers are all, like, outside of the top 100 on uh, pro football focus grade. And that should be a massive help for the Steelers who are just a disaster on the offensive line, right? They are dead last in pass protection, and I want to say 31st in run protection grades from PFF. So I I think this is a spot where we will see the best out of what this Steelers offense can do. We have Pickens projected for over 85 yards, um, and that might be a little bit aggressive. But again, the number that we have to beat here is only 56 and a half. We're talking about almost a 30 yard difference in projection versus uh, receiving props. So 
this feels like a, a pretty solid over to, to take advantage of. I don't know. Am I crazy here, Jeff? I mean, look, I don't think going over on George Pickens yards is really ever crazy. I mean, I, I haven't looked at his history of going over, but I would rec- I would. I would be shocked if George Pickens didn't have like a 70% hit rate of going over on his props, like to this point in his career, because Mm. like you said, even when he gets like two targets, he usually goes for like 50 yards. It just feels like that's every week with George Pickens. He, he brings in like a 40 yard catch. Um, and you mentioned like, you know, the, the, the big projection, um, you know, maybe there's something working in there. Maybe like just the, you know, the, the usage factors bump that up, but even like Friedman's props still have this at over 60 yards as well. Uh, his his projections for the week. So, um, and I, I think I think you kind of nailed it with the the um, the matchup. The the Houston run defense has still been pretty good, and and like really, if the Steelers are gonna like give Najee Harris fourteen carries, they're not gonna be able to run the ball. So they're gonna have to move the ball with George Pickens at some point. It should be a good spot. Uh, Kenny Pickett looked better last week under a low pressure defense. That probably is gonna carry over. I think George Pickens can just be a weekly over at this. Like whenever he's under sixty yards, I mean, I just with Deontay Johnson out at the very least, um, yeah, I would say that's just a thing. I mean, he's just that good, and uh, in this role, there's just really no reason to get off it. So, all right, let's move on to our favorite props of the week. Jeff, get us started. You've got one cooking up here, uh, and I like the uh, the alternate that you're just going to discuss yeah. too. A little ladder candidate with the Rams, but maybe not the guy that you're thinking of. Yeah, probably not. It's a Rams receiver, but uh, kind of like you, I, I, I couldn't really find as many unders as I liked this week. Maybe it was just this week in the lines, but this one to me really stuck out and it's an over it's, it's over two, two at well, 51.5 receiving yards. And I do like playing this on alternate lines, like all the way up to a hundred plus yards. Um, we've already seen two, two go for over a hundred yards in this offense against, um, uh, the Seahawks in week one, but everyone, you know, you're, you're probably, why, why aren't you targeting Puka Nakua? I mean, here's the thing. There is an over 20 yard difference in receiving yard props between Nakua and Tutu Atwell this week. Like that is, that is way too much. That is, that is, that difference should not be that big. Atwell's got it, had a 28% team target share last week. He's accounted for more of the air yards on the year than Nakua. He's 33. It's really close. It's like 33 and 32, but I mean, their air yards are basically the same. Atwell's averaging 14.3 yards per attempt. He's posted over 50 yards in every single one of his matchups. Even last week against the Bengals, really tough pass defense, still went over 50 yards. Now they get the Colts, who, like, they don't have a good secondary. They don't have good corners. Kenny Moore is a terrible slot corner. Um, They're funneled to the pass kind of defense. They've allowed the seventh most yards to opposing wide receivers. Um, I, I don't like the Rams run game also is another issue. I just don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball consistently. I know they had that, the one, the couple big outputs, but like, I just don't think that's their strength at all. Um, I think it's also going to be a fast paced game. These are two teams who are top 10 in plays per game. Shane Steichen is, is playing at a fast pace. We know uh, McVay will, will absolutely up the tempo. I love this one, man. Like 51 and a half for a guy who's got this big a target share. The targets are going to two people on the Rams. It's not a it's not a mystery. It's Atwell and Nakua, and one of them their props are juiced, and the other one is way too low. And I think Atwell's the big player receiver here, anyways. Like, absolutely, I'm playing this. You can get plus seven hundred on Atwell, um, over hundred yards on Bet three six five. I think MGM usually has some milestone props out that probably be released today. I'm playing this one all the way. Um, I love this one. 
like I said, it's kind of a week for overs for me as well. But this one I've been on since the start. I just I was expecting like 60 something and I got 51 and I'm just ecstatic. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm expecting a big game from Atwell for sure. Yeah. And I think the the big play uh, aspect is one that might be a little bit overlooked by some people like Tutu Atwell is a burner. You know, yeah. he's a four two type of guy at receiver. Uh, and he has to be because he's like, I don't know, five foot three on a good day. But he's capable of of hitting this over on one play like Puka's not going to do that. But Tutu yeah. very much could. I, I just like the way Atwell's looked this like he looks a little bit bigger. He just looks a little bit like more like a receiver. Mm-hmm. I know he is standing on his you know, tippy toes. Yeah, when, when he when he came into the league, I was like, this guy's not going to make it. But he just looks better this year. So, I mean, it's someone I think that, you know, long term to kind of believer in now. So. All right. And uh, as contractually right. obligated, yeah. <laughs> every NFL show must end with a Travis Kelsey podcast uh, prop or mention. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm taking Travis Kelsey under six and a half receptions, uh, minus 105 on bet MGM. I, I I'm joking mostly about, you know, the, the fading Kelsey because of the Swift narrative. Like, I don't think that Taylor Swift is having a huge impact on Travis Kelsey's props, right? Like, let's be honest, the people that want to see, like, there's been a lot of talk in New York about ticket prices because everybody wants to go to the stadium and see Taylor Swift type of thing, which I think is ridiculous. But those people aren't betting Travis Kelsey props in the market. You know what I'm talking about? Not yet. Not yet. But soon enough, <laughs> they will be. <laughs> so I don't think that this line is necessarily like super inflated, but um, kind of similar to to what you called out with the Mahomes prop. Like, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to need to throw the ball 40 plus times in this game. And for as dominant as Kelsey is, He's more of like an efficiency monster than a volume monster, right? He's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. When Aaron Rodgers was in his prime, he was never like a 5,000-yard passer, but he would just carve you up in the red zone. And that's exactly what Travis Kelsey is. He's only got a 63% uh, snap share this year, 22% target share. Like Those are not elite figures, but he's just so good that it doesn't matter. Against this Jets defense, I think that they can slow him down slightly. And again, like there's always the chance that if they can't slow him down, this one just turns into a, another laugher and, and Kelsey's riding the bench uh, for most of the fourth quarter, just like he did last week against the Bears. So we have him projected for 4.9 receptions. I think that that makes under six and a half a pretty smart idea especially at minus 105 like a little yep. less juice than normal in the prop market so uh i'm fading the uh the tay tay narrative uh we're under travis kelsey's six and a half receptions yeah i mean i think it's a good point to bring up the odds here like i, I mean again this one you're not even paying like you're almost getting plus money on it which is really nice um again like if you if you're taking over Kelsey receptions this week. You need some things to go in your favor. Like you need the Jets not to be a disaster. You need um, you know, the the Chiefs basically to be willing to throw the ball when they could potentially just be having a lot of success on the ground. And you mentioned too Kelsey's snap share. Like 
part of that is bears induced. I almost wonder though, if the chiefs are taking it a little bit easier on him, maybe not going to use him as much in the middle of the field just to make sure he's hundred percent healthy. So a lot of things working in with Travis Kelsey right now. I like this one. Um, it's certainly, again, like if you're looking for ways to play Travis Kelsey, I mean, taking the under here is, is a lot better bet. I think than taking like an anytime touchdown, he'll probably will score a touchdown, but like the odds yeah. on that are so terrible right now that like, it's just, it's not even a good return. So I, yeah, again, this one makes a lot of sense fits in with mine. Um, I think that to go over on these chiefs props, we're just going to need a Zach Wilson to not be terrible, which probably won't happen. And again, like the Jets to potentially like stiffen up against the run, which they really haven't done that well. Like their defense hasn't been good. So yeah, I think that we could get a similar game script to last week and um, and Kelsey just not really, you know, like maybe finding the end zone, but like, you know, five for 50 yards or something. Very, very in the realm of possibility. Can I give you a bonus prop, Jeff? Of course you can. This one was off the board. As long as it's not Alex um, Madison. <laughs> no more Madison props, I promise. If this one doesn't hit, it's my last one of the year. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Um, it was down. That's the only reason that this didn't make my list. So keep an eye on it. And when this pops back up, I suggest taking it. Tyler Algier over 8.5 rush attempts. Right. Um, I love like volume props. I think it's easier to predict volume than it is yardage or touchdowns, anything like that. And Algier has just been such a big part of this rushing attack. You know, I think a much larger part than maybe some expected. Bijan Robinson has, has been the, the top guy, but he's also getting work in the passing game. Like there's more than enough with how much the Falcons run the ball for both of these guys to eat. So uh, I'm looking for Algier to get, you know, double digit carries in London slash Andy's bedroom. Yeah. The Algier props have been kind of all over the place. Um, I know we talked about him a little bit last week too. I know he didn't have a good game, but again, like he's not going to get phased out of the offense anytime soon. I mean, Arthur Smith, as much as he should open up the offense a little bit, he's not going to. So yeah, Algier will probably get like 12 carries again this week. I got to tell you, I'm really excited for that Disney plus uh, Andy's room broadcast. I don't, I don't have children. If I did, I would be forcing them to watch it with me. I just think that's kind of a cool concept. You know, I don't know. Am I the only one? Are you excited about this at all? I don't even know what you're talking about. What, what, what is Andy's room? Toy story. They're go- they're like literally like making the game like Pixar. Really? In like real time type of thing. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. It's, uh, I, I, it's going to be on a slight delay compared to like the live broadcast, but like, yeah, apparently they're, they're going to make it so that they're playing in Andy's bedroom from toy story and Weird. they're all going to be little characters and stuff. That's legitimately the first I've heard of this. That's, that's actually kind of cool. Apparently yeah. they did it with a hockey game a couple of years ago or something. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Anywho, um, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Betting Life Show, the prop podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends. Join the Discord. Check out the Bet Tracker. And follow us on social media at the Fantasy Grind, at Matt LaMarca. Uh, also, sign up for the Betting Life newsletter. A lot of great stuff goes out in there every week. We have editions that come out on monday sunday and thursday so they cover sort of everything that you need to know for that 
slate of games, the best ways to bet it. Um, but yeah, filling in for Matt, Matt Friedman at Matt of the Oracle. This was fun. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.